Hey guys, welcome back to the Misfit Independent Podcast. My name is Nika. I'm here with Katie. And today we're going to be talking about scarcity versus abundant mindset thinking. As always, I'm so excited to get into it. Hey guys. So as Nika mentioned today, we've decided to do an episode on scarcity versus abundance mindset, because quite frankly, mindset is a critical component of success, whether that be in business sports or life in general, the mind is everything. And what you think is what you become. This mindset refers to people seeing life as a finite pie so that if one person takes a big piece of the pie, that leaves less for everyone else. This mindset is when you are so obsessed with the lack of something, usually time or money, that you can't seem to focus on anything else no matter how hard you try. People with an abundance mindset believe that there's plenty of everything out in the world from resources to love to relationships wealth and opportunities. So today we're going to dig into our personal stories of when we realized we were having a scarcity mindset, how we shifted our thinking to now have an abundance mindset, and just some tips and tricks along the way. So a scarcity mindset can apply to anything because it's just a mental state that you're in. And the minute that you switch from scarcity to abundance, you start to realize that there are opportunities in every facet of your life and you're not limited, right? The main idea of this type of thinking is that actually Simon Sinek recently wrote a new book, The Infinite Game. And so he's basically rebranded scarcity and, and abundance into the finite game, into the finite game and the infinite game. And the main difference between them is that you move from a linear type of thinking to a completely cyclical thinking where everything is interconnected, where there's infinite amounts of opportunity. And I think that is the one key distinction between the two different types of mindsets. It's that there is an infinite number of opportunities out there. So the reason why we're talking about scarcity and abundance is because, like I said, it it impacts every single aspect of our lives, especially for you guys. If you want to build wealth, mindset is such a critical piece to that because the mind is everything. What you think, you become. When you channel your energy into something, you create that reality. And you, you do it subconsciously. We do it when we sleep. We do it when we're not actively thinking about it. Our minds are like sponges and they just absorb information. They absorb these thoughts that we give them. And it's critical to realize that you aren't your thoughts. You have control to how you react to different events. You have control of what thoughts you filter in and you have control over what thoughts you keep and you consistently feed yourself. And we'll talk about how to master all of those pieces. But that is just so important for you guys to remember. You are not your thoughts. You are the very complex machine and spiritual being that is interpreting your thoughts and has the control to be able to react to them. And this is so important because now you can look at your life with an abundance mindset and you can look at negative experiences and turn them into positive experiences for you and for your business. Yeah. So let's dissect that a little bit more. Nico, when was a time that you recognized that, Hey, I'm thinking from a scarcity mindset and how did you shift yourself to then, you know, overcome that and think more from an abundance point of view? I don't think it was a specific moment that my mindset just transformed. I think it's 
an ongoing game. And, you know, sometimes I do think from, from a scarcity point of view, and then I have to shift and adjust because I'm able to recognize that. Um, so I think it's an ongoing thing. I think if I think back to my childhood growing up, I'm a very type A person. My mom is very competitive, very type A as well. And so when I was growing up, I was always told you need to be the best at what you do. You need to be very competitive. You need to be at your A game because if you don't go after your success, someone else will. And it was always the case that, you know, you're competing and there is a finite pie. There is a, a limited amount of resources for you to go out there and get, and you need to get them all. And I think this comes back to like my parents immigrating from from the Soviet Union, when the Soviet Union was crumbling, they didn't have the same opportunities. So for them, they're coming to this place of abundance, this wonderful nation, and they want to make sure that we are able to fully go after everything that they weren't able to get as, as youth and just really prove that they came here and they struggled for a reason. So I think that kind of thinking was always embedded in me. Um, I, I don't think that there is a specific moment where I can tell you my, my thinking shifted. I think it was just a collection of training my brain to think in this type of way. And I can tell you now, like I have like distinct moments of reflection where, for example, with business, I have competitors that, that compete in the same um, niche that I do, uh, or just one main competitor, let's say that, that gives us a lot of headache, but I, I've had to really train my thinking to realize that there is enough space for both of us. Just because this one competitor was in the space doesn't mean that I can't also be in the space. And it's forced me to, to even think beyond that. Like with the podcast too, Katie, we have competitors in the podcast. I mean, in a linear sense, like there are people that are creating finance and entrepreneurship content as well. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of you guys have already noticed this when you search up our podcast on Apple podcast or Spotify, there is another financial podcast with the same name as ours, Miss Independent. And at first, you know, that really bothered Nika and I, as it would bother, I think most, because again, from this whole pie perspective, we're like, okay, well her having a piece of our pie with like the same name and the same type of content that this person puts out is taking away from us. Yeah. So with this other podcast, they started roughly around the same time as us, I would say a little bit later. We, we did like buy our domain, decide we wanted to run with this name. And then we come across this podcast that is doing exactly the same thing. So instead of focusing on that and the fact that it's so shitty that there's another person doing exactly the same thing and they're going to take a piece of our pie, we started realizing how do we follow our purpose? How do we shine our light? How do we focus on building what we want to build instead of thinking about what this person is building and outshine? And I think we're constantly, I mean, it's it's definitely not fun to be able to go into Apple and see that this person also has a very similar podcast with a similar name. So it's forced us to really embody abundant thinking and realize, okay, well, if we really shine our light and do our, and be our ultimate selves, this person will become irrelevant. And I feel like we just have continued to do that, Katie, and not focused on it. And, you know, I think it's great that there's multiple people lots like sharing financial resources and trying to empower people so however or whoever decides to do that uh, we're not going to be focused on that we're going to be focused on what we can do as nika said it was just really focusing on what is our goal what is our purpose and what do we provide 
And when you start focusing on those things and focusing on yourselves, you don't really have time to focus on any outside noise because what you do is you continue to build upon what you're already doing, focus on your own strengths. How can I approve you just blocking out everything else really helps with shifting your mindset as well. Exactly. Katie, what about, what about you? Like what's, if you had to reflect on your childhood, your upbringing, um, cause I think a lot of ideas that we have about money are embedded in us as children and culturally even. So well, when was the first time that you realized you're thinking from an abundant point of view instead of a scarce point of view? So a fairly recent example of when I started to recognize I was thinking from a scarcity mindset was when I was in university. And I think a lot of people listening to this can relate when you are, you know, going through recruiting for university and you're applying to all these jobs and you're networking your ass off and you're talking to a bunch of these recruiters and, you know, you're, you're fairly confident or hopeful that you might get this job. And then bam, you get this email from the recruiter letting you know that, you know, they're moving on with different candidates. This really affected me back then. I would think I didn't get this job. I'm not good enough. I'll never get a job. And that's thinking from a scarcity mindset that, you know, just because you didn't get this job, there's less jobs now out there for you. And as I continued through the recruiting process, after getting a lot of rejections, you know, it took a toll on me. And I told myself, I can't keep thinking like this anymore. Cause if I keep thinking like this, I'm going to keep getting rejected and we're going to continue down this rabbit hole. So after a while, my mentality switched to, you know, that wasn't the right job for me. If the recruiter didn't see my worth, if they didn't like what was on my resume, that's fine. My dream job is still out there and still waiting for me and I'll keep looking. And after, you know, I continue to repeat these things to myself, kind of like a mantra every morning, you know, that brought me a very positive mindset. And I think going to other networking events, I went in more confident and recruiters saw that. And I think that ultimately led to finding a job that I was well suited or well matched for. That's awesome, Katie. I actually remember when I was in Costa Rica, we had like a really big chat about gratitude because when I was out there, I just had a lot of time to reflect and think. And, and at this point, you were heavily recruiting. Um, and I remember we talked about gratitude. And I mentioned, like, if you focus on three things that you're grateful for every single day, you start to shift your thinking a little bit. So did that help you at all? Like, How, how did that impact the, the same scenario in your thinking in general? Um, that's actually crazy that you mentioned that because I remember when I got let go from my job uh, about a year ago, I called you and I was super upset. And, you know, I had a similar mindset because it's hard, you know, tough times can really get you down. And I called you, Nika, and I was like on the phone crying, thinking, you know, I'm not good enough. Like, why me? Why did I like get let go? Why during these difficult COVID times? And you actually told me like, Katie, you'll get through it. You know, you're resilient. But I think you need to switch up your thinking a little bit. And you told me every morning when you're in bed, just list out three things that you're grateful for. And you were like, watch, I bet you, you know, you're going to wake up a new person. Your attitude's totally going to change and you're going to have a better mindset and you're going to be in the right place to find a new job. And since I started doing that from that day, listing three things and guys, these can be anything. It can be the smallest things. It can be, I have clean running water. 
I have a roof over my head. I have a family who loves me. I have an education can be anything. Once you start doing that, I'm telling you guys, you wake up a happier and better person, better for your friends, better for your partner, better for your family. And you feel more ready to take on that day. So in short, Nika, practicing gratitude has really changed my life because I feel like once you hone down and really think about all the things you're grateful for, you start to focus less on things that may not be going your way, or maybe that you don't have. And I think that's really important for people's overall mental health and well-being. Definitely. With scarcity, you you focus unconsciously on what you lack or what's wrong with your life and, and how you don't have enough or you're not enough and how other people need to change. And this mindset just puts us in a place of continuous fear, anxiety, and security. And it and it tells us to believe that like true happiness isn't out there. And it's just around the corner if these circumstances get better. And I think gratitude is a really great way to start breaking away from that because you start to realize how much truly you have to be grateful for. Like when I was telling Katie to do this, this gratitude exercise, I do it every morning as well. I used to write it in the five minute journal, but um, I'm not too great with, with writing things every morning unless it's like journaling, but I'm not too great with writing things every morning. So I kind of dropped that habit fairly early on. Um, but I still like thinking about gratitude every morning because it, it helps me really appreciate how much we have and how much we're blessed with. Like if you have running water in your house, if you have a roof over your head, if you have food and you don't have to worry about your next meal, you are better off than 99% of the world, truly. And that really puts things into perspective and it lets you realize how minuscule our problems really are. Yeah, and I think another great thing to really focus on when wanting to shift your mindset from scarcity to abundance is just training your mind to recognize the infinite amount of possibilities out there. An abundance mindset allows you to see more in your life, more options, more choices, more resources. When we focus on one particular thing very intently, other possibilities that are right in front of our eyes can go completely unnoticed. For example, when we're so upset and focused in on this one thing, for example, I I got fired, I got laid off due to COVID. There could be so many opportunities out there in front of me. And one of them was, let's say I started a YouTube channel or this podcast. There were so many things I could have done a lot sooner, but because I was so focused on one thing, I wasn't even in the right mindset to see those possibilities and to start working on these things a lot sooner. So the brain can only absorb so much. So if your belief is I can do it or it's possible, then any other thoughts contradicting that will get thrown out. We need to start training our minds to loosen its focus and create an expanded awareness. So like ask yourself, if you had all the time and all the money in the world and you knew you couldn't fail, what would you be doing? Questions like that will help us open up our mind to what's actually possible. And truly, there is so much opportunity out there. Going back to what Katie was saying about being open to it. It's, I don't know if you guys have seen the saying, but it's easy to spot a red car when you're always looking for a red car because you're so focused and you're attentive and you're looking for the color red, you're looking for a moving vehicle. So it's the same thing with opportunity. 
if you're always looking for opportunity and you're always open to it, it presents itself. And if you're open-minded about how that opportunity comes about, you're more, you have more options available. I think with scarcity, it's, it has a really strong gravitational pull and your minds are always going to be drawn back to it. So the first thing that we need to do is to develop a mindset where you can transition and recognize that you're in a scarcity, that you're thinking from a point of scarcity initially, and then be able to transition. So the gratitude check is, is a great mental trick to bring you back to abundance. But on, on the topic of wealth building, because that's something that our podcast strives to teach women to do. If you are wanting to make more money, if you think that that is the source of your unhappiness right now, and you're, you're thinking, if I only made more money, well, you can, you can always make more money. So instead of focusing on, I wish I, I could be able to start channeling that energy into what am I doing right now to actually do it? If for you, it's the happiness, um, if for you, happiness comes from living in a different neighborhood or living in a certain house, driving a certain car, what are you doing to get to that point of life? How are you working towards that? Yeah. And guys, there's an infinite amount of money out there right now. I mean, look at how much the government keeps printing. <laughs> we, we have so much money out there to make. The power of thoughts, we've talked about this before, they're in, incredible in how they can influence your life. I truly think the brain is one of the most powerful things, the human mind. And Yale actually did a study on people that think positively and how it affects aging. And they measured it over 23 years. They found that people who have a more positive self-perception lived 7.5 years longer. I saw that. That's crazy. So truly positive thinking helps you live longer. They've done studies on it. So yes, scarcity versus abundance is real because abundance, it's not just positive thinking. It's positive thinking to yourself and realizing that there is no limit. And all of these negative thoughts and the negative dialogue you tell yourself as to why you can't achieve something, you remove that. And if you guys really think about that, it makes sense. If you're more positive, if you think from an abundance mindset, you eliminate a lot of unnecessary stress and stress kills people. Oh, so when you switch from a scarcity to abundance mindset, this is a form of self-care without even knowing it, you are becoming a healthier person as well. Exactly. So there's one other thing I wanted to add that I think is crucial when trying to shift from a scarcity to abundance mindset. And that is the people you surround yourself with. So I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard the saying, you are some of your five closest friends or the five people you surround yourself with. Surrounding yourself with positive people, people that have an abundance mindset is crucial. So you know those people who always seem positive and see the glass as half full instead of half empty? Find those people and start spending time with them. Attitude, vibes, mood, this all rubs off. And if you surround yourself with scarcity-minded individuals, it'll be really hard for you to get out of that place because that's what you're surrounded with 24-7. And as the famous Tony Robbins says, the quality of a person's life is most often a direct reflection of the expectations of their peer group. It doesn't mean like get rid of your friends. I mean, if you have childhood friends and you care about them and they're great people, 
it's it's great to have those people in your life. Well, I think what Katie is alluding to is more so like the people that do have an abundant mindset and an abundant thinking, they teach you to have abundant thinking. And I think, Katie, this is this is actually really key. You asked me a while ago about um, past experiences and like moments where my thinking shift shifted. Um, if all of your friends, for example, are working nine to five and just corporate jobs, it's hard to see that there's other opportunity out there. It's hard to really understand the impact of business and like what entrepreneurship is. Whereas if you have friends that are, whereas if you have friends that are going out there and just like building multiple income streams and, and opening you to different possibilities for wealth building, that's really powerful. I had one friend who back in my early, early twenties started an online business and this was when like Amazon FBA was first starting to come out. We were starting to hear a little bit about it. And I remember him saying like back when he first started that he was making 30 grand a month. And I was just blown away by this. It was like, how, how is this possible? And then he explained the business model to me and said, you know what, you could try it too. Like there's nothing holding you back. And I was just, I was shook because this kind of broke down all of these cultural and historical ideas that, that I had built up in my mind, I thought the only way that you make money is by going to job, by getting a good job. That's why we go to college. It's so that you can get a degree so that you can get a good job. And then you work there for the rest of your life. And I remember talking to my dad about this too. And my dad is, is, a, is a software engineer. He's worked in software his whole life. And so his thinking in, in terms of like entrepreneurship is very different from mine. And so we were talking about this friend that started the Amazon business and he's like, well, like, let's see how long that's going to last. Like, that's not for you, Nicole. You should go get a job, work your way up the corporate ladder and just stay there. Don't, don't risk. Don't take any initial risk. It's not necessary. Just like stay the course. And I remember talking to my friend and being like, yeah, like my dad doesn't support this idea. I want to start this business. And he's like, listen, you think my parents supported this idea? Absolutely not. But I went and I did it. And look, it's a, it's a thriving and successful business. They Parents just want the best for you. And they don't often understand how all of this works. And so they see the fear and they're like, well, it's very risky. I mean, entrepreneurship is always a risk. That's why you're being rewarded because you're taking on massive risk and you're taking massive action. And this conversation with my dad, this conversation with this friend really, really shifted my thinking. Because one, I realized that you can be making massive amounts of money while you sleep. And that was the first time that I was introduced to passive income. Um, and then it also told me that ideas about money are really ingrained into your thinking and built upon your life experiences. So, I mean, the e-commerce business at first wasn't something that my dad supported not for any fault of his, just because he didn't know what that was. And, and he was never used to taking on risk like that. I think it's important to take what your parents also say with a grain of salt because they come from different times. For example, my, my grandmother, when she came to Canada and then my dad grew up and he told her he wanted to be an accountant. My grandma's like, what do you mean an accountant? Plumbers make a lot of money. And although, you know, she's not wrong, like these trades people do make a good income. My dad wanted to go a different, more, I guess, corporate route. And at the time when my grandma immigrated to Canada, a lot of you know, these jobs, at least for immigrants, were very, what's the word, hands-on trades, you know, restaurant workers, factory workers type of jobs. So she didn't understand 
that mindset. So it's always important to really recognize your audience when you come to them with ideas. If you want to start your own business, like realize who you're talking to. If your parents don't agree with you, or if your parents don't support it, why don't they support it? They don't support it maybe because they don't understand it. And it's really important for you to just be confident in the decision that you're making and take what other people say with a grain of salt. And it doesn't necessarily have to be just entrepreneurship. It can be investing. It can be anything where you're taking on risk. A thousand per <laughs> right. It could be investing. If your parents have never invested and you want to be the first millionaire in your family, you're taking on risk. So there are ways to minimize your risk. And we talk about that all the time, but you definitely need to be comfortable with taking risk. Yeah. One of my best friend's parents, Tanya, she wants to start investing in the sp- uh, stock market. She's listened to a bunch of our podcasts, looks at her stock analysis of the week, and she sees the opportunity there to make great investments and make a lot of money, but her parents don't support it. Her parents, again, coming from USSR and taking on that risk and not wanting their daughter to just one day wake up and lose all her money. They see it as gambling. They rather her invest in real estate because that's the traditional way of investing. That's what a lot of, I'm not saying non-immigrants don't invest in real estate, but a lot of immigrants also like to invest in real estate, at least in my family and within the Greek community. I know that's how a lot of people built their fortune. So again, her parents don't understand investing because they've never invested before and they just see it as gambling, whereas it can be so much more than that. Everybody's a product of their experiences. So the the experience that your parents have is entirely different from your life experience. And they may not also have the education you have. Exactly. They might not be as well equipped with the internet. A lot of our, a lot of our parents are, at least mine, are boomers. They don't, they don't have this new way of thinking. I tried bringing up crypto to my dad, and my dad's like, "That's a freaking Ponzi scheme. What the hell's crypto?" He couldn't, he couldn't wrap his his brain around it because it's just so new and so inventive and based off of technology. He just, he just automatically wrote that off. I, I think it's also important to think about the same things like when you're talking to friends for example and we're talking about how your social circles are really important because if you surround yourself with abundant thinking people you start to realize that you can think abundantly as well so with this one friend who now is is making a couple hundred thousand dollars a month instead of just 30 um that's really opened my eyes up into you know the scale of what's possible. But I think on the, on the other side of that, everybody is going through their own journey and everybody is going through their own, you know, battles. And so if you come to, to somebody and you're like, look at all these great business ideas that I have and look at what I'm trying to do. And if they're not supportive, it doesn't mean that they don't support you. It could mean that they are in a a scarcity mindset where they're like, damn, my friends are going to go out there and make so much money and I'm going to be left behind. And so they start to feel sorry for themselves or they start to kind of wallow in that scarcity thinking. So that's why, again, having friends that think abundantly is important, but also realize that maybe not everybody has done the work that you have. And you will see once you do this work and once you shift your mindset, you're going to want to naturally be around people with a similar mindset. If you're a happy glass type full type of person, positive vibes, positive energy, you're not going to want to be around people who are negative, who see the glass half empty. It's just, it's just natural. And I'm not saying you can't keep those friends who are coming and thinking from a scarcity mindset, but you're going to want to surround yourself with people who are more like-minded. It's just natural. Definitely. I think one of the big things that we should talk about with scarcity versus abundance thinking is how 
jealousy is is something that really comes into place so like with friends or just with anyone it's so easy to see what someone else has and be like damn i want that why can't i have that why why them what like what are they doing that i'm not doing i think it's important to first recognize the distinction between jealousy and envy. Envy is okay. Envy is when you see someone, they have something going great for themselves. For example, they're making $300,000 a month and you're like, that's great. I wish I had that too. Jealousy is then that person's making 300,000 a month. Why is he making 300,000 a month? I should be making 300,000 a month. It's, it's a negative type of spiral, if that makes sense. And as long as you Jealousy, me and Nika have talked about this before. Jealousy is a natural reaction. It's a very ugly natural reaction, but it is a natural emotion that a lot of us face. And as that can be coming from, again, a scarcity mindset, I think the first step to overcoming jealousy and overcoming this mindset is just recognizing that your thoughts are coming from this place. I think it's just recognizing that and, and being aware of it is the first step. Like being aware of your thoughts truly is the key to all of this. Because we have twelve to 16,000 thoughts a day. Twelve to 16,000 is, is like the average, right? And 80% of them, I've been looking at a lot of data from like the National Science Foundation, 80% of human thoughts are negative. So you need to really filter through them. And that's why when Katie's saying jealousy is a natural human reaction, sure, it's an emotion that we feel doesn't mean that we need to constantly sit and wallow in that feeling. And I think jealousy can actually be a good thing sometimes in the sense that like with that friend that that makes an exuberant, exuberant amount of money. Yes, jealousy initially is an emotion that comes into play. And you're like, why? What is he doing? But then you start to switch your thinking and you realize like, you know, he's worked hard. He's consistent. He has built an audience. And just because he has it doesn't mean I can't also have it. So how can I learn from him? Yes, switch that jealousy into inspiration. He's making a couple hundred thousand dollars a month. That means I can too. That means he's shown me the way. That means it's possible, right? And it's very inspiring when you see people our age. For anyone, if you see someone your age with your color skin, with your, you know, someone that reminds you kind of of yourself, when you see someone that, you know, reminds you of home or reminds you of yourself doing something great and big things, that should give you a world of confidence that if they can do it, so can you. Mm -hmm. I think just having conversations with this one person, I think the main difference between our thinking initially was that he taught me that you can set wild goals, absolutely wild goals. No one is going to tell you, no one is going to stop you from achieving them outside of you. So if you set yourself this crazy big goal, like for him, I think he was, he was in his early, early twenties when he made his first million. And that was groundbreaking for me. That was like a a pivotal shift for me because I realized like, what is money? Money is just energy. And he told me like, Nicole, you need to set outrageous goals for yourself. Like there is no limit. The only limit that you create is exactly that. It's the one that you create for yourself. So remove all of the negative thinking. There is an infinite amount of outcomes out there that are possible for you. You just need to imagine them. You need to understand that they're possible. And to your core, you need to believe and have your consciousness think towards that and create that outcome when you're sleeping even. Because we have all of these unconscious thoughts. So I think the big thing that I learned from him was that abundance, what abundance means, it's just that there are no limits and you create this 
massive opportunity for yourself. I also believe though, if you want something bad enough, you will go to the ends of the earth to get that. Whether that be a job, whether that be to create a business, whether that be whatever it is. And that plays into it as well. If you want something bad enough, you will switch your mindset. You will switch your way of thinking. You will do what it takes. So just keep that in mind. If, if you're not switching your thinking for something and you know you continue to think from the scarcity point of view, Maybe you don't, maybe you don't want to become an entrepreneur. Maybe you don't want this lifestyle that, you know, everyone else has that you're jealous of or envious of it. It it really comes down to like how badly you want something and the motivation will come from within as well. Before we wrap this up, something I just want to leave you with is when you speak about things, words can have such a huge impact on your emotions, your way of thinking. And I saw this one article on the internet and it it gave a few words that you can substitute words that come from scarcity place and then words that come from an abundance place. And I just wanted to read some of them out to you guys. Costs become investments. Incremental becomes exponential. Transactions become transformations. Security becomes opportunity. Status becomes contribution. Lifestyle becomes freedom. Retirement. I love that last one. Retirement becomes purpose. Management becomes leadership and scarcity becomes abundance. Those, those are really awesome words to, to switch in your, in your lexicon. I love costs become investments because that's directly, you know, some of the things that we talk about when we talk about investing in the markets or real estate, you have to switch your thinking and replace your mindset from it being a cost that is just draining from your own account to an investment that is going to grow in the future. Um, there's another one I really loved in there. Incremental becomes exponential. We talk about this all the time with compound interest, incremental payments to yourself in an investment account can lead to exponential compound interest or exponential returns. And the last one in there that I absolutely loved was lifestyle becomes freedom. So I I truly think that we have the power to create the world that we want to live in. The power of the human mind is incredible and we have the power to create our realities. So just to wrap it up, guys, there is a lot that we talked about today. I think to break, if we break it down, it all stems from one, being aware of your thoughts, being conscious about what you filter in. 80% of our thoughts on a day-to-day are going to be negative. We need to actively work towards one, being aware of our thoughts. You can do that. You can do that through mindfulness or meditation practices. There's all kinds of different things that you can do to train your brain to be aware of your thoughts. If you see yourself in a shitty mood, just stop for a second and say, why am I in a shitty mood? And that creates, you know, mindfulness thinking as well. So focus, focus on your, on your thoughts and like, why are you in a shitty mood? You have control to you are in control of your emotions. That's something that people I don't think realize as well. Like whenever you're angry, whenever you have an emotion that comes up, you could recognize what that emotion feels like in your body. If you know what anger feels like, maybe you get really hot, you get really fired up and you get like a fiery feeling inside of your belly. Once you recognize those bodily cues, you can transform and move out of that and say, why am I angry? Okay. Well, there's a lot of traffic. Is that something that I can control? No. So just filtering your thoughts and understanding what you let in. The other really, really key thing that we talked about, I think the most important piece of this whole podcast is to is to always be grateful for what we actually have. Because if you have a roof over your head, if you have food, if you 
slept in a, in a comfy bed tonight, you are so much better off than most people with those small things that you don't even consciously think about on a day-to-day. So appreciating those and valuing those helps you recognize how much you actually have. And then you can focus on building and you're not focusing on what you lack. And the last piece that is also really critical is believing that you are enough. I think within each and every one of you guys, you have it in you to go after whatever it is that you want. I said it earlier, the only person that is going to truly stand in your way is you. So stop working against yourself. That that good life that you want, that freedom, that lifestyle, it is up to you to create. Nobody is going to hand it to you on a silver platter. So you need to figure out what it is that you actually want and then realize that nobody is stopping you from getting it. It is out there. If you want it bad enough, if you are willing to take the risk that it that it's if you are willing to take the risk that's necessary to get there, you'll go after it and you'll take it. And it's yours. It's yours for the taking. Nobody is going to take it away from you because it is yours to go and get. So that wraps up our episode on scarcity versus abundance mindset. We hope you guys all enjoyed it and learned a thing or two. If you have any questions, always feel free to shoot us a DM and until next time, guys, bye. We love you guys. Bye guys.